everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to review The Matrix movie franchise. It includes four feature films, beginning with The Matrix from 1999, The Matrix Reloaded, which came out in 2003, The Matrix Revolutions also came out in 2003, and The Matrix Resurrections, which just came out this year, 2021. I guess that's last year. (laughs) Man, can you believe that? Right. Yeah, we're in 2022, y'all. Okay, Okay. so (laughs) the, the first three films were written and directed by the Wachowskis and produced by Joel Silver. The screenplay for the fourth film was written by David Mitchell and Alexander Hemon and directed by Lana Wachowski. The movie star, among others, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II. I should have practiced pronouncing that. It's all right. I believe that you probably did a great job. Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Hugo Weaving, and Jonathan Groff. The movies collectively have netted well over a billion dollars, okay? And there are video games. There are comic books. They have won multiple awards, including multiple Academy Awards. I mean, they introduced a new um, revolutionary uh, technique in filmmaking called bullet time that really fundamentally changed filmmaking. So, I mean, there's a ton of reasons why some people consider this movie to, these movies to be classics. But today, we will determine whether they are classics from the right perspective. We will do a recap, we'll have a discussion, and we will then vote using a voting symbol that we have selected especially for this podcast and for this content. And um, we will determine whether this movie is, these movies are uh, classics from the right perspective. But let's start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright and I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright, I'm the middle. Hi, I am Brittany Wright and I'm the youngest, featuring my fun buns. And your buns are quite, fun. those are quite fun buns. They are great. They are <laughs> and just you look, quick, you look like an Afrocentric Princess Leia. Thank you. <laughs> and quick, quick reminder to the both of you. So our primary audience is audio. Just so you know. Um, and <laughs> it's well, okay. Can I describe, I will describe Brittany's I think you should. Please, for the audience. That would be helpful. If you don't know, Brittany has the most perfect locks in the world. And as her having the most perfect life in the world, (laughs) she can use them to create multiple hairstyles. Sometimes it might be an ornate design. It might be a a mixture between like a cornroll and a, you know, a a different types of situations going on. And today the situation is two perfectly rolled buns on her. Just imagine a beautiful Mickey Mouse. A beautiful African in, in Disney Mouse. World in Wakanda. A Disney yeah. World in Wakanda. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it, and they are indeed great, perfect buns. The prices awesome. have just gone up because I'm a Mickey Mouse in Wakanda. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. That was just Listen. a great description. Yeah. So. Both of you, I would like to just really say thank you to everyone and shout out to all my haters who said I would never make it. <laughs> <There's no one. laughs> 
No one ever said Shout that. No one ever said Shout that. They did. They did. People are no very encouraging. People are very encouraging. <laughs> I just thank you, everyone. I love you so much. <laughs> I mean, it's still fun to talk, but it's, you could talk bad about imaginary haters too. It's okay. It's true. Like it's, it's true. So what? It's yeah, true. because we'll at least have it recorded. We can play it in the future in the event that some haters in the event that the haters they come try to yes. arise. Archive that. Trying to say that our part perspective is right. The rails. We're, what part of the podcast are we doing right now? <laughs> yeah, oh, we're supposed to be. We're about to do voting, voting symbols. symbols. <laughs> Sorry, that's well, what fun buns do. That's what fun buns. How do. can the voting right. symbol not be a red pill? The, I, I I don't know. Just, well, bro, and um, for the for our consistent oh listeners, gosh, you go. know, here we go. I can't wait. Give we all know. Oh, no. that Aubrey and, this, and these and movies Brittany are quite meta. Oh no, no. Aubrey and Brittany tend to want to to gravitate toward the more surface level symbols. Oh lord, from the movie. I don't know. In order to create our work for this podcast. <laughs> And, you know, look at 2022, because you know what, bro? We have happened mm. upon a movie mm. that is so chock full of symbols. Okay? Everything in this movie has 2 to 12 meanings. Yes, Everything. We and so, bro, and this is the one moment where we are in this alignment. Hand up, we're in, we're in alignment. Time. When she puts this up, we're, we're in, in for a good time. We're, we're in alignment. I also think that the red pill is the perfect voting symbol for this. Uh, now, for this now let me ask you this, this I know it, it, well, first of all, Brittany, are you also on board with the bigger red pill? Yes, because as you know, for every podcast, I forgot that we're doing symbols. You don't forget we're doing symbols. You just <laughs> do the symbols. Don't say you forgot because it makes you think like you don't love the podcast. I love the podcast. Okay, well then you what you do? But I forgot. This is this is our rhythm. (laughs) Janaya goes too deep. (laughs) I'm right in the middle, and then you make up a a voting symbol. Right, that's what we because I'm making them up because I forgot we needed to have them. It's right. also frustrating. You know <laughs> I, I you now know, yearn to be in the Matrix. Janiya, I now yearn to be in the Matrix so that I can be free of this, of this reality. Janiya, okay, but listen. Right, look, look, look here, here's the thing. Though. I know you got to Janiya, I know. So I'm voting <laughs> symbols going to be no going to be in real, on real earth. <laughs> Our voting symbols are going to be the red pill. Yeah. Okay? That's Janiya, it. I know you got one for me. I know Listen, you got give I me definitely one definitely had come up with a couple. I had give come me up one with a couple. I, I let them go. I let no, them go because I got the one. red pill. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, I'll give you one. Just give one. You one. Oh, no. just She's one about to say something like and, a computer monitor. I want this to be, <laughs> listen, of the ones you thought of, I want this to be the most Janaya of them. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first one that I came up with. You, wait, 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 wait. For those of you who are, who are listening, <laughs> Janaya just put her fingers, her index <laughs> fingers together in front of her mouth in a very thoughtful way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so just imagine both of her like mm-hmm. knuckles, her knuckles together and her fingers together because she's really entering her space. I'm going I just to want everybody to hear that. It's, okay. a, it's yeah. a pyramid of it's thoughts. It's in the mall. It's a pyramid it's of thoughts. It's, it's in the mall. It's in the mall. Pyramid of thoughts in the mall. Okay, right. good. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the one that I was I had to fight myself to not put forward because yes, it I love really captures it, it is me. the train station. Now, <laughs> there was a period of time where Neo was caught in a train station, which was actually a transition period, a transition space between the Matrix, okay, and uh-huh. the machine world. Okay. okay he was trapped. Yes. All right? mm. yes. Aren't we all? Mm. But isn't that really what the entire franchise is about? It is about that push and pull between these two worlds mm. and not being sure exactly what is real and what isn't. Okay. And never actually able to being able to be fully in one place because you are always fighting against or interacting with the other space. Yes. Okay. So can I I tell you that? Listen, you are the Michael Jordan uh, or LeBron James of podcasting because (laughs) you just never disappoint. You just never disappoint. I mean, you, 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 every time. I think I needed right, some. Look, look, listen, I needed some reefer to uh to catch that okay. train station. I was in such a good mood. Brittany just brought me back down. All right, give me. Well, bro, I have just the way to get back up. Back up. She's a millennial with with uh baby boomer vernacular for some reason. I don't know how this happened. That's right. I went by me a Sam the other day. I had to mail something. <laughs> you young people. <laughs> That's what's wrong now. <laughs> if there were no computers, we wouldn't be in a matrix. <laughs> Hello. Y'all need to no, learn. Can, please continue. I just hope y'all know this is learn. She's, this is not a character she's putting you know, this is, Well, first of all, neither is Janine. This, this, <laughs> can you please continue with what you were saying? Tonight? Yeah. Hello. So y'all, we're doing a red pill. Red pill. And we're acknowledging that there are a myriad of other symbols we could have selected. A myriad. Okay. Probably. But we're yes, going the with red, the red pill. Probably just the All red right, because it really, it encapsulates the choice. Because <laughs> at the right. end of the day, when the Oracle was talking about what, from her perspective, was the ideal landing point for this war, it would be for humans to have the choice, to be able to choose the matrix or not. And that is why the red pill is going to be our voting symbol. We're all in agreement on that. So if the freight if the if the Matrix franchise gets three red pills at the end of this podcast, it will be considered a classic from other right perspective. Okay. And can and- I tell you guys, I don't know how I'm voting yet. And it's very rare that I don't know how I'm voting. I need this. I know how we'll vote if if we were doing the movies individually, but since we're doing the franchise, I'm going to have, yeah, we have to evolve this conversation. And so I just, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to talk to you all about this. Well, bro, I'm so happy for your excitement because I I am real time wanting to change up our format a little bit. Okay, so. Let's do For it. Our regular because what are we doing, Brittany? What are we doing? Brittany, yes. told, Brittany gave us the life Brittany gave us this. Jazz. This is what we go back to because life is what, Britt? Jazz. Britt, Britt, could you could you scat for us for a little bit, real quick? Give it up, Bo. Thank you. Give it up, we right. Bo. All right, go ahead. How are we switching yeah. up, G? Yeah. How are we switching up, G? So 
So usually I walk us through our recap. Right. You know, and we do the recap because we know some of the content that we're covering is extremely old. Okay. People haven't seen it in a while. Okay. But they still want to enjoy the podcast. And so we do the recap. It's full of spoilers, though. Also, if you're new to our podcast, we tell it all in our recap. Okay. Because we want you to be able to follow the conversation. Okay. And normally I walk through, but because we have four movies to recap, I thought it might be fun if, like, y'all get in on the recap. And so, I'm literally putting in the chat right now mm-hmm, um, a link to the recap that I have written up. And you each have a segment. I will take oh, the first God. movie. Brittany, oh, you take the second. Arbor, you take the third. And then I'll oh, take the fourth is... movie. Now, can I tell you here's all, what's going to okay, make wait, it super wait, fun. Wait, 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 wait. Can I tell you all? That she has my name already on this. Because this is how Janiah does. Yes, these yeah. documents are named us. And numbered. Oh, and numbered. To okay. Brittany. All right, Janiah. And I just want you to know, I'm reading this how you wrote it. <laughs> Sometimes our recaps are our, our storytelling recaps. Where we take you into the moments. And, we, and we, we pull a lot of emotion into the story. Because these movies are so full of twists and turns, and we don't want to spend a, a hundred hours on the recap, we're really going to just walk through kind of like the key points. So this is more of a of a narrative flow kind of recap. All right, so let's hop in. All right, so we'll start with the first movie of the franchise, The Matrix. It takes place at some point in the future where technology has advanced to the point where machines have become self-aware. And in the early 21st century, a war actually broke out between humanity and the machines. The machines won the war, but not before the humans scorched the sky in an attempt to block the machines' access to solar power. The machines needed another power source, and they discovered one. It's us. It's humans, okay? And for an unclear length of time, machines have been harvesting humans for bioelectric power, okay? We are talking pods of lifeless human bodies floating in liquid connected to computers as far as the eye can see, okay? And because the human mind needs to be engaged to keep the humans alive, the machines have invented the matrix, all right? It is a simulated reality designed to keep human minds busy while they are generating power for the machines. What does the matrix look like? Well, what does the matrix look like? Well, you and I would call it everyday life, okay? The people Mm -hmm. have families, jobs, homes, relationships, hobbies, ups, downs, everything, except it's only happening in their minds, okay? Most of the human race is enslaved and they don't even know. Fortunately, not Mm. all humans are connected to the matrix. The humans that survived the war with the machines live in an underground city called Zion. There are certain members of their community that are essentially an army with special training and special ships, and they hack into the matrix to unplug the enslaved humans when the opportunity arises. Mm. Now, part of their process, of course, does involve them actually going into the matrix, meaning willingly plugging their brains in on their own terms, okay? Even though they can bend some of the physical laws of the matrix because they understand that it's a matrix and they know how the matrix 
works, it's still incredibly risky. Okay, the body can't survive without the mind and the machines have created special programs in the matrix, okay? Agents led by a special program called Agent Smith, okay, to find them and kill them whenever the free humans are plugged into the matrix. Mm. And the, uh, the agents are also trying to find out the location of Zion and how the humans are hacking into the matrix to begin with. They want the access codes, okay? Now, in the first movie, our only connection to Zion is one crew on a ship called the Nebuchadnezzar. And it's led by a captain named Morpheus. And he has risked everything. You have pronounced two things slightly wrong. It's the Nebuchadnezzar and it's Zion. Zion, not whatever you said. Okay. Not Zion, Zion. Yes, it's not Zion. I was going to let Zion ride, but then you mispronounced the name of the ship. And I just... Bro, bro, I want to thank you, bro. I want to thank you because you know what? That's what community is about, okay? It's about supporting one another. <laughs> and I want to thank you, bro. You didn't each let me out. Leave You're me right. out here with pie on my face, You're right. okay? You're right. Each one to each one. You're right. That's right. That's right. Okay. I will try that last sentence again. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that feedback. I'm going to factor it in. In the first movie, our only connection to Zion is one crew on a ship called the Nebuchadnezzar. Led by a captain named Morpheus. Teachable. Love okay? it. And Morpheus has risked everything to retrieve one human from the Matrix. Thomas Anderson, also known by his hacking alias Neo, because it has been prophesied by an oracle that exists in the Matrix that there is a person known as the one that would be able to help the humans triumph over the machines. And Morpheus believes that Neo is the one. He and Neo, you know, has always felt like something was off in his life. And he had heard of Morpheus and he had heard of something called the Matrix on the dark web. And so the the free humans, they don't have to work too hard to convince Neo that he is living in a computer simulation. Okay. And when he's presented with two options, a red pill to learn the full truth, okay, or a blue pill to go back to life as he knew it before, he took Mm. the red pill. It turns out that Morpheus is right. Neo is able to use his mind to bend the rules of the Matrix in ways that no one else has ever been able to do before. He can fly like Superman, for goodness sakes. Mm. We also know that Neo is the one because Trinity, okay, who is a member of Morpheus's team, is in love with Neo. And the Oracle told her that the man she would fall in love with would be the one. Unfortunately, at the same time that Neo is coming into his own and realizing his powers, the free humans are betrayed by a member of Morpheus's own crew. And essentially, he led the crew into an ambush in the Matrix and in the human world. And thanks to Neo's skills, though, they do get away with only a few casualties to the crew. But Neo lets Agent Smith and the machines know that he will be back. Take it away, Brittany. Whoa. Listen, that is a hard act to follow. So <laughs> let's get I'm getting excited because I think you're about to ramp it up again. And I'm really <laughs> going to have to step up. So I'm getting excited right now. All right. Let's keep it flowing. This, let's the keep second it flowing. movie. Yes. The second movie, Matrix Reloaded, picks up six months later. And you know that Neo has just been becoming stronger and better that whole time. 
He can now use his mind to control machines inside and outside the matrix. And his relationship with Trinity has also become stronger. They are basically obsessed with each other. Now, presumably, as a result of the betrayal from the first movie, the machines have found the location of Zion and are digging through the earth to get there and destroy it. There are only 72 hours. Wow, They're only 72 hours away. All of the ships from Zion are being gathered to prepare to def- to defend in defense of the city. Morpheus, Neo, and Trinity go back to charge their ships, but they and a few others defy the orders of their military leader yes. and end up going back into the Matrix to mm. guidance from the Oracle right. on next steps. Had to be done. Come Had to you. find out that since... That, but that since then, Agent Smith program had failed to defeat Neo in the first movie. The leadership of the machines were going to delete him. He fought, he fought back and is now a rogue program and roaming around the Matrix. <laughs> yes. Hell bent on taking down Neo and Zion. That's right. <laughs> And to make matters worse, and to make matters worse, his program has morphed and he can now clone himself onto inhabitants of the Matrix much as he as much as he wants and even manages to put his own programming in the consciousness of the members in the of consciousness one of, of one of the one members, of the members yeah. of the Y'all, Zion. It's full of typos. Brittany is hiding them well, <laughs> but it's full of typos. Listen, Chrissy, she's, she's, she's this is very, I'm I love hype. how this is happening. This is so organic. <laughs> just, just keep it going. Yes. Don't stop yes. trying to be perfect all the time, Janiah. <laughs> we all know your grade point average and all that. Let, just let it flow. <laughs> Go ahead, Brittany. You got it. I'm in the story. Interrupting. Please continue. In the the consciousness. In the consciousness of one of the members of the Zion Army, a free human, out in the real world, he is literally everywhere. Oh, Agent Smith. As the humans are Mm. fighting off the machines and Agent Smith and his clones in the Matrix and in the real world, Neo has two pivotal encounters, one with the Oracle and one with the program that created the Matrix, known as the Architect. Oracle lets Neo know that he will have to go to the machine city, to the source of the Matrix, in order to bring peace. Mm -hmm. We also find out that the Oracle herself is a program and that was created to decipher the human psyche for the purpose of building the Matrix. She's essentially the mother of the matrix after her work is done she went into exile rather than being deleted and has been helping the human resistance ever since she believes that humans should get a chance to choose the matrix or not she also seems to believe that machines and humans working together is the true goal Mm -hmm. rather than one to triumph over the other Mm. neo then encounters the father and the creator of the matrix called the architect and learns that the concept of the one is an intentional part of the matrix, which is now in its sixth iteration. It's like a release valve for the concept of human choice. In every iteration iteration of the matrix, the one gets to exactly this point and Mm. has to decide whether to reboot the matrix 
or refuse and an act that would cause humanity to become extinct. His predecessors choose to reboot. At that very moment, Neil learns that Trinity is in trouble and leaves the conversation with the architect to save her and other members of his crew, which he does, putting himself in a coma in the process. Take it, bro. Neo is still in a coma. And although his body is not plugged into the Matrix... Bro, you didn't say the name of the movie. Huh? I didn't want. I didn't want to interrupt, but you didn't say the name of the, the third movie. Well, I was. I was doing this thing where I was just going to flow like right. You weren't going to say the, the name. Sorry, I interrupted. Go for it. It's Matrix <laughs> Revolution. But please go for it. No, no, I'll start over <laughs> again, and I'll do it how you want. <laughs> I was in. Brittany had me in the oh, in the mode. And I was just Wait, gonna. Do you want me to read my last? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I read this. Uh, this is so fun. Okay. The third movie, Matrix Revolutions, picks up immediately. Neo is still in a coma. And although his body is not plugged into the Matrix, his mind is trapped in a transition zone between the Matrix and the machine world. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, oh. <clears throat> uh, Trinity and Morpheus are able to get Neo released from the limbo in time for him to meet with the Oracle who reveals that Smith is even more evil than they thought. He is so bitter about his treatment by the machines and and his repeatedly being defeated by Neo that he is hell-bent on destroying the human world and the machine world. Meanwhile, the 72 hours is up and the machines have made their way to Zion. The Zion army is doing a pretty good job of fighting them back, but it's not looking good. The Mm. machines just keep coming. So many free human lives have been lost. Unfortunately, that includes Trinity. She insisted on accompanying Neo to the machine city in the room. In the real world, to confront the source of the Matrix, and she was killed on their way. Uh, Neo is both book. Bu- I don't think buoyed. Buoyed. Oh yeah, Neo is both buoyed by this loss and destroyed by it. When he finally confronts the source, uh, a massive machine, he shares with the Oracle, told him and offers to enter the Matrix to stop Smith in exchange for a peace between the machines and Zion. The Mm. source agrees and immediately pauses the machine attack on Zion to see if Neo would be successful. The machines at the source plug Neo into the Matrix. He defeats Smith by allowing Smith to clone over him and destroying Smith from inside. Well, actually, the the machines destroyed Smith when, when he, when he uh, took over Neo that replugged him back into the matrix. So the, the matrix was able to destroy Smith at that point. Got it. Uh, all right. So uh, this unfortunately kills Neo in the matrix and, and the real world. The mm. matrix is rebooted and the architect and the Oracle agree that peace will last as long as it can. And those humans who desire it will be offered the opportunity to leave the matrix. And by the beginning, how'd I do? Bro, that was Great. excellent. All that right. was excellent. All right. And by the beginning of the fourth Matrix movie, Matrix Resurrection, not that you need the title, okay? Matrix <laughs> Resurrection. <laughs> 60 years has passed. 
since that conversation between the architect and the oracle. And for good or bad, it seems they both have been deleted. The program currently running the matrix is called The Analyst, and he was created to study the human psyche. It turns out that he, through a laborious process, brought both Neo and Trinity back to life in the real world and plugged them back into the matrix without any of the free humans from Zion finding out. He figured out that by suppressing their memories, by keeping them in close proximity to one another, he was able to make the matrix more resistant to the anomalies that had caused all the previous versions of the matrix to fail. Okay. Mm. He let Neo and Trinity both roam the matrix, but with different identities. Neo was Thomas Anderson, a video game developer that was actually famous for creating a video game called The Matrix. Okay. The video game was based on Neo's lingering mood memories from his life as Neo, which he, as Thomas Anderson, was misconstruing as imagination. Okay. Trinity's new identity as a wife and mother and motorcycle enthusiast is called Tiffany, okay? But she also struggles to connect with her reality. Eventually, the free humans become aware of what has happened to Neo. And they free him from the Matrix yet again by offering him the choice between the red or blue pill. Of course, he takes that red pill and he resumes his destiny as Neo. He is understandably a little rusty, okay? But he pulls it together mm. enough to work with the free humans to essentially offer Tiffany, aka Trinity, the same choice, okay? She resists at first, but essentially returns to her true self as well. But guess what? She's even better this time, okay? Because now she can bend the realities of the Matrix just like Neo. All right, now we have two, the ones at the same time. And if that wasn't enough, the free humans have joined forces with rogue machines and programs and created a new city called Io, where they are building technology that is taking underground humans uh, from just surviving in many ways to actually thriving. Okay, it really is starting to become the utopia that the Oracle has wanted since the beginning. Everyone working together in peace. They defeat the analyst and tell him that they intend to remake the Matrix in the way that they see fit. The end. Yes. Boom. <laughs> All right, listen. That was so fun, bro. It says, I Boom. love that. that was We're fun. done here. That was fun. Do you like that? Was good. That was good. We are going to kick off this conversation without me even waiting for Janiyah to tell us to kick off this conversation. Kick off, bro. Because I am probably going to dominate the next ten minutes of this conversation. Oh, but I want you all to know. Nice to have a heads up. Yeah. This is me. Most of the time, we don't. This is me actively <laughs> trying not to dominate the conversation, but. I have the inability to to uh, not get overexcited when I talk about the first Matrix. It's I, impossible. It's never I, happened in 23 years. And I don't believe it's going to start now. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, listen, we, we had this discussion. I said that this was the best movie experience I had in the movies. And Brittany says I've said that about several movies. I don't believe I have because ever since I've seen The Matrix, it's been my favorite movie experience. 
in the movie. It's not my favorite movie necessarily, but my favorite experience in, in the theater. And it was a unique time. You got to think about 1999, okay? Mm. The internet's just coming out, but I mean, not just coming out, you know, but it's just starting to become mainstream. Totally. But you know, we still got like .edu, <laughs> like like emails, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we still had, um, you know, we could log in with F keys. You know, and cell phones were just getting started. Cell yeah, phones were just, just getting started. Super you know, common. So the, there wasn't, there was still mystery around movies. Yeah. You, you should have seen in a way that there couldn't be. And the way they promoted this movie was just, what is the Matrix? It's just like, what is the Matrix? You know what? And so we're all, like, everybody is going, cra- like, what? Bro, what they didn't the do trailers? They didn't do trailers at all? But the way the trailers were, the way all of, of the marketing was, you couldn't really get an idea of what was popping. Okay. So I want you to think about, I, I'm going to skip ahead for just a second, but think about we're really discovering along with Neo what the matrix is. We, we didn't have, we didn't know what it was. It wasn't like when Got you it. first saw him, you were like, oh, yeah, this is the part where he's in the computer world. Like you weren't thinking about that. So what I'm saying is, is we didn't know what we were in for, but we were so excited. And if you can remember back then, that's when um, th- there were no movie reserve seats and all of that. Like we were in White Marsh because I was going to Morgan State. We were in White Marsh at this new movie theater, this new Lowe's movie theater. And the cool thing, they had actual food because before Lowe's, you could just get like popcorn and candy. But Lowe's was like, you could go get a shrimp, uh, you know, they can start fingers. Yeah, okay. chicken fingers and yeah. fries. And so, you know, we're in this nice new movie theater. We're waiting in line for like two hours to go see this and we come into this movie and I'm just telling y'all, okay, when we're in this movie and we're, and, and those, we, you know, it's like, oh, it just looks cool for the beginning. But when the agent was talking to him, like you were supposed to wait on us. He was like, it's one little girl, you know, we're good. He was like, your men are already dead. And we're like, mm. and then they flipped <laughs> to that scene. And Trinity broke that dude's arm and jumped in the air like, and the camera was like, and she, I'm just telling you, the audience was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) crazy from the start. I'm talking about from the very beginning, like everybody was just going crazy because that whole scene from the part where she was fighting and, and she like killed all those dudes. Yes. And then all of a sudden, but she's running from this other dude. We don't even know why. It's like, why don't you kill him? Like you kill the other dudes. But no, she's running. And she's running, she's running over uh, uh, uh rooftops and, and all this stuff. And she jumps through that little window, like and then when she landed, she landed with her guns up. I'm gonna just let y'all know. I, like, could you do that my, sound one more time? I'm just sorry. Jumped in my the brain, sh- like we we had never okay. can you understand we had never literally never seen anything like this because it didn't like, exist it, it had, didn't no exist one had seen it. it didn't exist it didn't exist bro they invented bullet time they did the makers of this movie of the matrix 
They invented it. How did y'all? All right, because this is was this the first time the both of you saw it? I had seen it. You had I seen had seen it, okay. it back then. So, bro, I want to I want to shout you out. It wasn't ten minutes that you dominated. It was four minutes and twenty. I cut myself off. <laughs> I cut myself off. I, I, I secretly started the timer. Started the timer. Keep, the, I'm, it's little, keep the timer listen, going. This is going to be. I'm pressing play. This is going to, for the first movie. This is going to be me talking too much, cutting myself off today. We love it. We love okay. it. And then I'm going to talk too much again. But but it's only going to be for the for the first <laughs> one. It's going to normal out after that. Okay. Okay. Well, Brittany, you can't count that because I'm explaining what I'm doing. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's fine. That's fine. I but stop the timer now. Stop it now. Okay. But that's cool. But you know what? You should, but you should, when I start again, and we'll, at, after it's all done, we'll figure out how much how? I talk too much. Okay. <laughs> but, but I'm just kidding. Look, I'm just curious. Like, was that first part exciting to y'all? You know, jumped I, up. I will tell you, bro. So again, I had seen this movie back in the day yeah. and I had not seen any of the others. Okay. And it was not necessarily for me. Uh, I don't recall it being as transformative a moment as what you just experienced. I actually don't even remember if I saw it in the, in the, in the theaters or if I saw it later on VHS or what, you know, or might've been DVD. Cause again, that period of time, things were transitioning. Yeah. I don't um, but going back to watch it this time, bro, it was for me, fresh set of eyes and I loved it. Let me just say that opening. I love that opening, bro. I loved it because it was a woman. Okay. To, to, to see that the action in the movie was kicking off with a female character. I loved that opening. The fact that they opened the movie with so much mystery. Bro, when you were like, why is she running from that one, not running from the other? Like these agents coming together and already knowing that this woman is up there killing people. They they started it with so much. They opened so many discussions. They raised, by the first 10 minutes, you have 25 questions and no answers anywhere. Okay, you can't find no answer. That's right. But you get all these questions just wrapping up. So, bro, I definitely loved that opening. It it grabbed me. And I had intended to do some multitasking while I was watching that movie. But because of the way it it opened, mm -mm. every movie. I was focused. I was focused. <laughs> Every movie. I'm very busy. I have many things. Janai gets on my nerves the way she watches the movies. Those are makes me so mad. Like, I could tell in your face. Oh. She's always doing stuff. You know, watch I, the also, I did still take top-notch notes, though. Don't ever okay. worry about the notes. The <laughs> notes are tight. The notes are tight. <laughs> Sis, what did you think of that? That opening? So, what? That changed Aubrey's life. Yes, the what, what podcast land needs to know is that I've been trying to watch The Matrix. I, back then, I bought a surround sound just so that I could watch <laughs> my Matrix DVDs. Go ahead. It's, it's getting worse. Um, what you all need to know is that I've been trying to watch the whole Matrix movie for at least 10 years. 
And that is because for me, this movie is a lullaby. Uh, and so I don't know why, <laughs> maybe because the machines figure out I'm watching it and the machines put me to sleep because they don't want me to know I'm in the matrix. Right. So right. that's right. probably what's happening. Um, and mug. so I will mug. tell you, with that being said, as I was able to stay up this time, um, I did enjoy that first scene, but I think I was slightly frustrated because I was just like, what? <laughs> there, <this> is, <laughs> what? And so I was like, when are we going to understand what's happening right now? Sure. But with that being said, I still was able to flow with the movie, you know, and everything. But that beginning part, I did enjoy it. It was nice, you know, just to, to see her just, you know, kicking her butts and, you know, all these different things. And yes. so I did enjoy it. But I wasn't like, like, oh, my God, look at this television. I can't take my eyes off it. I did enjoy it, though. Yeah, go ahead and start the timer. Um, Let me tell you, it's so ironic that this movie has come out 23 years ago, and this is the first time. I've never even considered Trinity like a female or she to me is just the bad like she's just Trinity. Like, like, I, and I'm not taking it like it's great, you know, but I'm just saying the point is, is they weren't even leaning into the fact that, you know, she's a woman or, or not. It's just she's she a free is human, a human who is one of the most amazing, you know, people, uh, fighters. And, and that like, like when you when, when we walked out, we weren't thinking like Trinity was a dope female protagonists we're we're thinking like trinity is the shit you know yeah. what i mean like yes. like that's how you're thinking like you don't because it was that good and, and then you, and bro and that was also the culture that they had created in zion in zion yes it seemed like if you were a warrior you were a warrior no that's nobody it. was giving that's that it. consideration that, that's it or you that's it and you know when you and when you and it wasn't like fake, you know what I mean? Like, like you could, like the people who were battle tested, you could see they were battle tested. Yeah. And when you're talking, look, all genders, all races, all ages, everybody. Yep. Everybody, because when you're, I mean, look, everybody had one threat. You know, it was like we don't got time to worry about all this petty differences and all that. Like we're about to die. So we need to unite, right? Like that, we need to figure out the threat. And then as soon as they had that that high of just that scene, the pacing of the movie was just so good because like it would take you into these, uh, uh, cause then you started learning kind of what was going on. Uh, not what was going on, but you were starting to learn the story. And then, you know, you, you see this guy uh, and you he gets his message, fall white rabbit, like, what does that mean? And then you see the, you know, the thing. And then, the tattoo. The tattoo. And you're like, okay, what's going on? You still don't know. And then, when, <laughs> let me tell you, like, I've always loved Lawrence Fishburne, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I mean, Deep Cover, one of my Ooh. favorite movies. Just, but just when uh, 
when he first calls me up, you know, and he's walking him through that how to try to get away from the agents, you know what I'm saying? And he's just like, look, man, you can either go out that window or go with those agents. I'll leave the choice up to you. Bringing back the cementing that whole theme of choice throughout mm. this entire movie. Mm. All right. So all the way through there, where he goes to talk, when he brings Neo, finally he brings him out of the Matrix, he wakes up and just that they had so many little uh, lines that were just so powerful. Because like when he was like, when they finally brought him out, Abe's like, my eyes hurt. He was like, that's because you're using them for the first time. It's like, oh, Woo. it was just, all right, I'm stopping. Bro. Give me my time, Britt. Give me my time, Britt. Not bad. Well, I'm doing good. All right, I'm doing good. I'm done, doing good. Bro, man, uh, your enthusiasm is infectious, bro. You know? And I, 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 I'm so happy you pointed out, like, the way... So I will just say, in this, in this movie... There was not, to me, in that first one, not one frame of visual was wasted. Not one. Not one sentence was wasted. Every single thing that Morpheus said, there was no extra, I mean, every word, every sentence. Everything. Was so powerful, okay? And let me just say, I have always appreciated Lawrence Fishburne, okay? Because he is excellent, okay? He is an excellent actor, you know? Um, we have seen him play. He's he's had so much diversity in his career in terms of the types of characters, characters that we've seen from him. You cannot help but respect and revere this man. But I am going to go ahead and say, this was the first time where I got a little flushed, maybe. I was like, okay, okay, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> all right, Lawrence Fishburne. Y'all, Morpheus was so hot to me in this movie. I was like, you better just protect you. I'm curious now. I was like, Morpheus. I mean, I Morpheus, so you about to go, okay. You about to save these people, Morpheus. You about to find the one, Morpheus. And then he had just had so much conviction. Couldn't nobody tell him that Neo was not the one. And I just found that Listen, to be Jeanette, Jeanette, very can I, can exciting. Can I say this? You don't need to ask questions when you don't even need arms for your sunglasses. <laughs> <Listen>. Hello. <laughs> it took, that's how I knew I was still living in the Matrix. I was like, wait. Sunglasses don't have no on. <laughs> I said this whole time. That's right. <laughs> but and and the fact that they could have chosen whatever kind of avatars they wanted, right? They could have chose whatever costumes they wanted. They chose to show up in that way in the Matrix. He made the decision. I'm not gonna have no glass, no arms on my glass. No, no arms. Blue now, now right one piece. Now, because they're not necessary. Hey yo, let me tell you when they come out with all that black leather and stuff on. I know it's supposed to be campy, but man, it's just so hype. So good. It's something, anything that is in black, cars, clothes, it's something that elevates it. That's just like, I'm not going to go there and say people, but y'all are not ready for that. Uh, But if you dip it in black, it's something about it that just goes, 
Okay, you mean business right now. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you mean business. You mean business. You, you mean business. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. And y'all, can I read to y'all just a couple of the Morpheus quotes that to me just Uh-oh. were just so good? It's going to be close. No one knows. Okay, Run. no. <laughs> oh, no. People don't want to know these quotes. Okay. Run. No, I'm First talking about all, look who's picking them. <laughs> these are quotes the internet has deemed. <laughs> just so okay. you know. Just check Okay. All right. <laughs> the major, and this is because the other thing, and and, and, and I'm sure this is going to come up throughout our conversation. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and 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 get that, get this, get this rolling now. Part of what makes the matrix as a concept so interesting, first of all, is that it's almost plausible. Okay, from a technology perspective. But the other piece of it is that it's it can so easily be an analogy for so many things. So many things. Okay. And so this first quote, he says, the matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. How many things can that apply to? Okay. I mean, there is so much. I will just say like, you know, first of all, being an American... Second of all, being a black American. Second of all, third of all, being a woman. Okay. Uh, Listen, the amount of programming that I am having to actively undo every single day, it is ridiculous. Okay. And that sentence, it just sums it up. Here's another one. He said, he said, I'm trying to free your mind, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. Drop the mic, Morpheus. Because how many times have you been in a situation where you 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 made it somewhere? Okay, you clear on something, okay, and you're trying to share what you have concluded and now understand. You can't you can't make people have the aha if they don't want to. You know, it's back to that can, can, choice piece, bro. Can I read? Can I read my favorite Matrix uh, Morpheus quote? Do it. There's that, so many. There's so many. Start it up, Rick. Start it up. Because Janiah brought Janiah's last quote brought this is my favorite quote of these movies. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged, and many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will fight to protect it. I mean, like. Bro, it says, weren't we just talking earlier about like, you know, Trevor Noah has that that guy that goes out and he like interviews Trump supporters. Isn't it Jordan, Jordan Kepler? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and he's having these conversations that just completely make no sense. Where he's basically like, one plus one equals two. And then the person he's talking to is like, you mean 11? And, <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> What is happening here? You're obviously a thinking person. You've decided to be irrational. You've made that choice to not have a logical conversation right now or to have a logical, you know, Mm -hmm. set of conclusions that you can draw. And bro, Morpheus talked about that. Listen, so you guys talking about these quotes about just this willful ignorance. Um, It's what it is. It makes me think about the guy who was the Judas of the Nebuchadnezzar. Um, I don't, I do not know his name. Cypher. Cypher. I, I just, when I, 
I was just like, why? Why? Just so he, what he was willing to trade an entire city of thousands of people that he had been laboring for, laboring with, warring with, um, alongside. And selfishness. Yes. Because, oh, I'm tired of eating this same type of food. I'm tired of, I, you know, and I want all this erased from my memory. And I was just like, you're willing to sacrifice all of these people. So just you can have happy. some. Was happy to do it. And y'all, I'm never going to, I'm never going to, 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 to kind of advocate for Judas. Okay. Because that was super whack and selfish, but I will just say, I do know what it is to be exhausted. And to just it, it, you know, well, that was going to be my question. Like, mm-hmm. do you what do what do y'all think about him? Like, what do y'all think about that standpoint of mm-hmm. someone being like, I'm tired of the truth. Like, I don't want this anymore. Mm-hmm. Sis, I just love the way you even worded that question. I mean, ignorance is it's bliss. a great question. It's such a good question. Ignorance is bliss. I mean, there on a daily basis. I wish that I couldn't understand the complexity of the world in the way that I do. I can't even watch the news because I can just see how everything that is happening has been at some point there was a decision made and now we just live in the, in the repercussions. I, I wish that I could have a, a, a simplicity in the way that I understand the world and my position in it. And so, yeah, it's exhausting. I think, though, um, that if a person is exhausted, then you can't unknow what you know in real life. In real life, we can't unknow it. Um, You, in the Matrix, though, he had an opportunity to unknow it. And so what would I do if I had the opportunity to unknow? Just because of who I am, I don't ever want to unknow because I want to let other people know. Okay, but I could see someone being so tired that if they had the option to not know anymore, trying to find a way to take it. What I don't understand is is sacrificing so many other people to do that. You know, it's one thing to say, "Uh, I don't want to be a warrior anymore. I'm out. It's another thing to say, let the whole movement be damned because I don't want to be a warrior anymore. So. I don't forgive him and it wasn't the right thing to do. But I also know that it is tiring. It's tiring to be a token at work and know you're a token. It's it's exhausting. Wouldn't it be so nice if you could just not know that sometimes? I mean, well, that's what makes it interesting. That's what makes an interesting, uh, um, that, uh, villain. That's what makes an interesting villain Mm. is, is when, Cypher was wrong. There's the, I mean, he was Clearly. horrible, but you can understand what he was saying. Cypher um, was basically saying that you, you didn't uh, uh, let me know the gravity of this decision without, you know, before I made it. And so it's almost like he could pass the buck of the responsibility of whatever happened on Morpheus because mm. You didn't let me know because if I knew, I wouldn't have decided this in the first place. You know, so yes. that's what makes an interesting villain, and I think it's a very that was a great because Britt, that's one of the major parts of the movie. Like, like, like that conversation 
he was having with Smith is one of the major parts of mm. the movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the other thing is, is that came right after, because this is when, because then for a minute it picked up again, the, the tempo, right? Because yeah. then when Neo's out, they start teaching him how to, uh, you know, how to learn, how to Listen. fight and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And like, when it He's first- like, I know Kung Fu now. <laughs> no, Janai, he said, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it could just be i mean i know in real life of course he had to you know practice those things and learn and go to classes but i think it's pretty cool that you could just have that program downloaded just like you know just like that you could just have it downloaded to your brain like oh but Brittany, you you just brought up one of my favorite things about this movie and janai don't forget your question i won't forget but you, when you look at these fight scenes, okay, these are people who worked to get those fight scenes. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking about, like, when him and Morpheus were fighting, right, for the first time, everybody's getting excited. So you got the pacing plus the great fight scene. But here's the thing. Imagine this. Everybody's in the theater getting hyped, right? And then in the movie, they find out that Morpheus and Neo are fighting, right? And then they're like, Morpheus is fighting Neo! And then everybody's like <laughs> jumping over the, because everybody's jumping over the tables yes. to go see it. So it was like, we were experiencing the excitement along with the movie, yes. just the same way we were learning with the So it was like, we were actually able to go through all these emotions with them. And then That's as soon point. as we had these, explosive amazing fight scenes and they were given so many callbacks and like most boys my age i love bruce lee and to see all the like if you watch bruce lee movies during that fight uh between morpheus and and and, and neo there were so many little callbacks to bruce lee's uh fighting we that, could do some bruce lee movies for the podcast. I, I don't think I've seen it. First of all, we're doing Avengers of the Dragon. So go ahead and put that in your notes. Got it. We're, we're, we're doing Adding it to the Dragon. content planner. Yeah, go ahead and add that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and add that one. You said it's and Return of the Dragon? What was yes. it? No, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start trying to center myself now to not take over that conversation. <laughs> all right, I'll start now. All right, so... But bro, but what you I'm actually saying just is, gave is me a right. perfect segue to my question. Okay, good. My question was, were like when Morpheus did that little come hither within the Kung Fu, was that the first time anyone had ever done that? Or was that a callback to something? No, that well, you Morpheus, know, where he's like hits a pose and he's like, bring it on. Well, more Neo did that. No, Morpheus did it first. Yeah, he did it first when he was training oh, yeah. him. Morpheus did it first. When Neo did it, it was because Morpheus did it. He did it when he was training him inside the Kung Fu room. No, I get it. In that very first fight where everybody was like, oh, they're fighting the first time. No, that that was... Morpheus would like kick his butt and then Neo would reset. It's funny because I'm, I'm, you know, we're on the internet and I hope I'm right. 
I've never looked this up, but I've always assumed, like that's always been a Bruce Lee callback to me. Okay. And But I can't remember the exact moment. I've never thought of it, but I've always, there's, he does several Bruce Lee callbacks and I thought that was one of them. I thought I thought that I thought that was one of them. I'm sure you you can look it up, Janelle, because I'm I'm sure. I'll try to Google. That, I don't even know what I would call it. The Kung Fu Come Hither. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> or just come here. Okay, <laughs> let me. I'll see if I can find. Yeah, you see, but it comes up fast. But the, the point I'm trying to make is is after that, and then we you know get into these philosophical moments, like, uh, you know, like Brittany's talking about, right? And the other thing is is that's also when we got to see that this movie has real stakes. Because when Cypher, um, uh, you know, Switch, and I, I think it was um, APOC, both got killed. And like, I, I you know, because when he was snatching out their, uh, their connections to the Matrix, and when you just saw Switch's face, like, not like this, not like this. I'm like, this movie has everything. Yeah. Like even the, you know, even the, like, cause now you really don't know. Cause Keanu was famous, but he wasn't like the man like he is now. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the man now. So, but like, I could vision, I could see Keanu dying at some point in this movie. So I'm just saying, it was like, yo, there's real stakes in this movie, which keeps you on the edge of your seat for everything else. Totally. Let me ask y'all this. What did you think? And I can't find it, y'all. But we'll do What did y'all both think about the conversation with the Oracle? Mm, the first okay. one. That was yes. about to be my, I was about to have a question around the Oracle as well. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what'd you think? And what's your question? Or what's your question? Well, I all, my question about the Oracle was, was it strategic to make it a woman of color? Um, or was it just she auditioned and she was the, you know, the best one? Because um, I just thought that that was pretty like, because I don't know what her ethnicity is, the the original Oracle. Well, well I, I mean. Black woman. So, so she was considered, she was black. I, thought, I didn't know she was Latinx. I didn't know she was black. I wasn't quite well, sure. Well, I'm going to tell, tell you, like watching the movie, none of us, was th- and I was, I missed that time. None of us was thinking about any of that at all. We were just enjoying the movie. She was just, so I'm saying I've never even, I've never thought of that because she's just good in the role. You know what right. I mean? Like she's just, she's just good at the role. Well, like no, she, I, it's not, it's not saying anything no, about I, her talent, but yeah. Just, no, I'm just answering the question that I'm just, yeah. well, I mean, I, have, I will tell you like, you know, I think it's, it is probably relatively common knowledge because I knew this even not as a Matrix franchise fan, I knew that Will Smith had turned down the role of Neo. Mm-hmm. And I watched, I did watch a quick clip about that today. Obviously, he's like, he's like, it was not a good decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he when, turn it down to do what's Wow Wow West? He didn't he turn it down to do Wow Wow West. It is he so did, fortunate that he can laugh at himself did. about how poor a decision that was. I mean, he's, he's Will Smith. It's okay, Will. I love you and I he's, I mean, he's, be all right. he's, he's, he's Will Smith. <laughs> Listen, It'll be all right. Like, literally, please. your life had a different trajectory. Totally. And, and he said that. He said that as he's comically like making fun of himself, like, um, 
fortunately, it worked out. He was like, because if I had been Neo, they would have cast a white man for Morpheus. And I think he said, if memory serves, that they were looking at Val Kim- Kilmer for Morpheus to be Morpheus against his, his Neo. And so the fact that Keanu Reeves ended up being Neo was the reason they cast a Black um, Morpheus. And so they definitely uh, were being intentional around race in the casting for this movie. Okay. And so I, I, and you know, it's so interesting, sis, because there was the the way that it was casted racially. It, 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 it you knew that there had to be some intention around it. I mean, they had all of the agents were white men in suits. They could have put them as white men in any kind of outfit. But when you think about who is like the what what embodies like power in America and who is holding it and who would be fighting to to hold it um, in the way that the agents were, it would be a white man in a suit, you know. And mm-hmm. if there was going to be one entity that was the caretaker of all the caretaker of the matrix, the caretaker of the human world, the caretaker of machines, programs, it would be a Black woman. Black women are always held up as their nurturer. I mean, for good or bad, y'all, for good or bad. I mean, it's 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 the mammy character in movies historically. It's the mammy in the households, you know? Um, and now it's the HR director and the chief human resources officer and the chief diversity officer. It's a Black woman. And so it makes sense to me that it was a Black woman as the Oracle. You know, Mm. I frankly was surprised that there was ever a conceptualization of a Black man being Neo because um, a breakthrough savior that's going to um, be able to overcome all is, uh, for me, I I would have thought that they would have defaulted to a white man. I'm, I'm grateful to know that there was a possibility that they might've had a black man in the Neo character. Um, but I, I thought it was an intentional choice to put a black woman as a matrix because you have to remember what they said was that they built the matrix to, um, to make sense to people in the late nineties. They started yeah. from the world as it was in the late nineties and they used that. So every iteration of the matrix that had happened, um, they had started and you all remember this from the movie. They had when they first launched the Matrix, the machines created a perfect world. And the human brain wouldn't take it. It wouldn't believe that things could be peaceful. They couldn't believe that equity could exist. And mm. humans rejected a perfect world. The only way they could get the Matrix to sustain itself at all was to create an imperfect world. And so they went back to America of the late 90s. And they use that to become the basis for the Matrix. So we don't know exactly what time period we're in when the Matrix movies are happening, but we know what reality they base the Matrix on. And so at that time, yeah, Black woman, caretaker. There was intention from my perspective. Yeah, that's good. I I just, I did appreciate that part because I'm not going to lie. When we was first on the ship, I was like, where we at? We ain't on there. Okay. And so <laughs> which they corrected in the subsequent 
Right, know? exactly. <laughs> I was like, man, all right, it's cool. But I know I have to be careful because I'd be like, I don't want to just take offense like that. I don't want to do that. That's not nice. But um, so but I I did just um I did I did just want to what well, I did wonder about that, just what people thought about that. And I, I still appreciated it. You know, I didn't feel like she was like this downtrodden person and just, you know, she was actually she was the oracle. It was you're the wisest one. We are coming to you for prophecies and just all these different things. Um, So but I did I did appreciate like her, well, her character in all the movies, which I think we need to get to at least number two let's right do now. It. Let's do it. But just before so, we go to the second movie, I just found in my notes the the statement from um, Smith where he was explaining why the Matrix was the way it was, why they couldn't humans couldn't um, a- accept a perfect world. He said human beings define themselves by suffering. This is another one of those things where it's like, y'all better. My bootstraps. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Oh my gosh. These bootstraps. Defining ourselves by suffering, by overcoming. It's so true. Gosh. But anyway, since you were taking us to the second movie, do it. But, and I will say this, uh, getting into the second movie, Mm -hmm. something that I appreciate throughout all of them is that this, we have a human problem. We're the human race and there is a human issue Mm. going on. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter your religion, your beliefs. It doesn't matter. There's a human problem that's happening and we need to protect and save and educate humans. Like, Mm -hmm. and so when you have that perspective, your fight is different. You, you have, you can be sad. You can be down and you can be that Judas you could you could be the Judas and have that in your mind, but then when you start thinking about the larger picture, you're able to bring yourself back and re-energize yourself and get this next wind that taking us into um the second movie. I was listen, I'm not gonna lie, I was so happy that you had me do that recap because I couldn't remember. Uh, okay. that movie. I was like, oh, what happened in this movie again? Oh, look at that. And I'm going back because I still can't remember. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So, so <laughs> what was so wonderful about the second movie is that we got to see Zion. Y'all, in the first movie, we heard about it. We didn't know if it was 30 people, a bajillion people. We didn't know if they were living like cave people. We knew they had technology, of course. Okay. But we didn't know. We, they gave us enough that you could start to imagine it. But in the second movie, we got to see Zion. And we got a sense of the power structures in Zion. You know, they had panels of community leadership. You know, um, you know they had, um, you know, clear roles and responsibilities. Everybody was pulling their weight. You know what else? They had fun. You know, they, we, we got to see them in a moment of celebration, even as they were going through a very hard time being under attack by the machines. This was a wonderful uh, world that they had rebuilt um, that clearly when they uh, built Zion, when they said, you know what, we are going underground here to survive, they obviously 
had some time to say, what can we write? What was wrong? What led us to where we were in that, that, that last iteration of humanity that we can do differently here? And you could see in Zion such an intention to right those wrongs. And so I believe that at the founding of Zion, they made a choice to not regard gender, to not regard race, because they knew that that was what had led to the destruction of humanity yeah. before. And I also just, just love visually. Who is good at this thing? That's do it. Do you want to do Volunteer, volunteer. <laughs> and you know what? When you're 18, you can volunteer to be in the army. Go get some life experience. You can volunteer to go. You know, it was just, there was, the, there was so much intention in the, the way that Zion was created. And that was one of my favorite parts of the second movie. It was yeah. to get to go to Zion, you know. Bro, do you have the same level of enthusiasm for the second movie that you have for the first? And do you remember your movie-going experience for the second one? I mean, it would have been years later. Well, the um, the second and actually, term, the second and third both came out in the same year. They both came out in two thousand and three. Which, before Aubrey, you describe, I just had a quick question: Is that the first time a movie has ever done that before, where or just the same movie? It's continuation. They both come out in the same year. That's an interesting question. I don't mm-hmm. know. The Lord of Rings did that. Did they do that? Okay. I thought I mean you have a lot of confidence in your movie and in your your viewers base. If you're gonna already boldly say we coming out with two this year. We got a pod too. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, at that point the matrix was really big. So and um yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, you know, when I first saw it, when we first saw it, I think people were gen generally disappointed but the reason why is i think we were unreasonable expecting the same thing to happen that happened the first time which just you can't do that so now me watching them again excuse me um and i think two or three is just like it's one long movie and and uh and I th- and I like them now. I like them a lot better now than I did before. Mm. Um, and I think that they made the narrative make sense. Just there is what happened was this war. They had these iterations of the Matrix. They finally found one that works. But in this one that works, there's an outlier. Um, the Oracle knows to give the prophecy because it literally happened before. Mm -hmm. So the prophecy is coming from the knowledge of how it all plays out. Mm -hmm. And so when I watched them all together, which I really never did that before, just watched them all together. Mm -hmm. um, It made a lot more sense. And so I, I, um, at the time, I'm not going to say avoid them, but I still, I guess was expecting uh, a, a bigger experience but I realize now, just a first respect, I mean, I don't know what they could have possibly done to make me satisfied. It's like when you set the bar that high, what are you Totally. Do? I like the second movie. Um, and, and it for for it the to Aubrey's point, I like the way that it uh the second and third movies, to your point, bro, 
they did a great job of continuing the narrative in a way that made sense. It continued to round out the um, the stories. I struggled though with some some of the specific pieces, like um, in the second movie, um, what actually puts uh, Neo in the coma is that he can apparently in real life, not in the matrix, he has the ability to stop machines with his mind. When they did that, I just thought, you know, I, up until that moment, I had been sitting there the whole time thinking we probably in the matrix right now in real life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that was the point where I was like, now we are in a comic book because I could stretch my mind to uh, really, really believe that, because we, we know that genius is real. We know that. We know that um, coding and hacking, these kinds of computer skill sets, there are a level of tech, there's people, there are people with technical ability that is truly constantly transforming technology. We know Listen, that. And so I just thought, literally watched a video with an AI robot that could identify things on someone by just like the person looked at them and said, what color are my eyes? And they look, the robots looking at them and doing the robot mechanics and they're like, your eyes are blue. And I'm just like. And see, and that's well, the technology. That's the technology they <laughs> let us know about. Mm -hmm. If that's what the general public is getting a sense of, what's really out there? And so when I was understanding a premise that there was a person that his brain was so like he was such a genius in understanding of, of, of programming and coding that he could bend the matrix while being in it. I could I could accept that premise. I really could, you know, because if you if you truly understand those ones and zeros that are flying through, the you I could see how you could be in there changing the equations. Yeah. But when they had him stop the machines with his mind when they were in the real world, I was like, oh, so y'all really are making him a superhero. Which to me, yeah, I mean, it was. I didn't it, need it. It wasn't hard for me to to get there in the sense of they are humans with this technology in their bodies. So, mm. um, you know, okay, we so he's don't know how that all of that is connected. And basically, the the way that they presented it is like you know, this is just every time we build this thing, there is a, a unique person who's just like there are people who could jump really high or run really fast. There's this, and there are people who get extreme like that. You know, they were just born with a certain muscle fiber, whatever that just makes them so fast. So for him to be in a place where, first of all, because Smith got downloaded into the other, um, the guy uh, uh, downloading his brain, and, and like, I can accept that because they're connected with the technology. And I'm like, well, it's not in this world. If you got all type of whatever in you, maybe one of them is wireless. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you got a Bluetooth connection somewhere that you could tap into that most people can't. You know okay. what I'm saying? So um, it, was, it wasn't like I, uh, people, you know, people will talk about that either way. But it, for me, it wasn't like. Too much of a that stretch. That was that crazy when. Yeah you have someone who could jack their brain into a computer. You know what I mean? Like, well, maybe there's a wireless connection. I that helps know. me, bro. That you helps know, me. So Now, one part I did love, which I'm 
I'm such a girly girl. Y'all know I love rom-coms. And so I loved how there were so many love stories uh, happening <laughs> in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was really sweet how they're, but also I liked how it was just regular people volunteering, mm-hmm. boot up and suit up. These aliens or these machines are coming down and they're about to get us. Yes. And we have to all be prepared. The we we're at we're at the worst possible scenario right now, you guys. Mm. We're not if it's happening, no, it's a matter of when. Mm. So I think about how that how how are are we that purposeful as people? Do we actually care? that much about each other to be on the front lines because think about when you do something nice for someone people are taken aback these days I know sometimes I still feel that and I would I hate that because it's like dang why is something nice (laughs) so special and why is it so special Mm -hmm. why is it so special so I just watching people get ready and I love, like, I'm the type, like, when it's like, um, what is the movie with the Autobots? Whenever that, when he's like, when, uh, the Transformers, Transformers, when when Optimus Prime is like Autobots, you know, whatever he says. (laughs) I love when all that type of stuff. Yeah, I get charged. And so when they were all standing down there in those machines with the guns, waiting for the (laughs) machines to come down because they were going to shoot them as they came through the hole. I was just (laughs) like, yes, monster machines. But then also I had a moment of going, hmm, would I be the ones to do the refills? And I was just like, this seems like a terrible job. It's like, are you ready? And I'm like, oh, they're running out there with carts to do refills. And I said, well, this, this has got to be another way, Zion. <laughs> but, you know what? but you know what? There, there's, <laughs> there's a job for everybody yeah. in the community. You know, I, I, you know, so my, my work in the matrix is I lead operations in a nonprofit organization. So it's finance Mm -hmm. and technology and HR and legal. And it's these parts that are not the mission of the organization. It's not the front lines at all. You know, my departments are not the ones that are actually, you know, living into the theory of change for the organization that, that that's going to go and make the impact in the world. But without these functions, it can't exist. The organization cannot survive. It cannot thrive. It can't be efficient. It can't get its work done. And so for every person that said, oh, I'm, I'm going out to the front lines, there was somebody who was like, oh, I'm going to be back here putting together the, the formula that, that is going to go in the bullet. You know, <laughs> there's somebody who's like, okay, I'll be over here cleaning up, you know? And yeah. then there's somebody who's like, all right, I'm running the daycare to manage the children. So I feel like when I think about what would be a utopia, like what would be an ideal community coming together, everybody wouldn't have to be a warrior. Yeah. I would just, it would be wonderful to just kind of say, hmm, how do you want to show up? What but feels you- good for you? Lean into that. Yeah. And the truth is, though, when you think about everything you just said, every part is important. It is. Because I need to know if I'm a parent, but I'm also a warrior, that my child is protected, 
I don't have to be concerned because I know there is someone taking care of them the way that I would. That's right. They're loving on them the way that I would. I know that when this bullet goes into the machine that I am running, that someone has created a formula that said this bullet is going to go when I shoot, you know, like everybody is working and they're happy and everybody is working together. That's right. That's right. I just love that. And, and since you talking about the, um, us having this conversation now about the, these many parts of the community, um, it makes me think about something else that I, you know, thought they did a good job with again, in that two and three in particular, in, in the first movie, they introduced a set of core characters and we lost some people. You know, and and so going into the second and third movies, they had no shame in introducing more characters. They gave us more bad guys. They gave us more good guys. They gave us more people who were like, oh, are you good or bad? We don't even know, you know? <laughs> and um, by the third, um, and actually this actually is a segue now to the fourth movie. By the fourth movie, they had taken us from this binary of like machines and humans to now we have these other spaces where programs could um, come into the human world using technology and actually participate. And, um, you know, and we were able to start to understand fully again through movies two and three that the programs could exist separate from the larger matrix itself. And that some of the core entities that we were in touch with, like the Oracle, the Oracle was rogue from the Matrix, you know? Yeah. And eventually, Agent Smith is now rogue out here in these streets, running around the Matrix. And so the, this was like ensemble casting at its best, in, or, or yeah. writing at its best, in that we had many bad guys, many good guys, and we could, we could hold them all. We could keep yeah. them all separate. And bro, you're always one to talk about what um what are the ingredients for a good bad guy and so i would love to get your thoughts on some of these other ba- some of these bad guys we had agent smith we had uh the architect we had um the merovigian or am i if i'm even pronouncing that right we had um, okay is that the the frenchman mm-hmm. yes i wanted to talk about him in that fight scene i, I would i the didn't analyst. want this to leave That's another before one. we saw that we talked about that that was good yeah, you know, it's, it's just like life. Everybody from their perspective thinks they're doing the right thing. And, you know, that's that's what it comes down to. Everybody is just jockeying for position, thinking they their philosophy is best. And I guess we see who wins. Well, what did you think about that? What, what were you saying about the fight scene, Brett, as far as? I, I really enjoyed that fight scene. Well, first of all, I just really mm. enjoyed that French man because I, I love was, that character. Yes. And that actor, was, that actor, let me look at his he name. He did such a great to. job because he was so arrogant and full of himself <laughs> that you were just like Lambert Wilson. Lambert yes. Wilson played the Merovingian. He did such a great job. And he and I love the fact that it was like a jilted lover that helped them get what they need to get. Persephone. Then, <laughs> yes. And then you got the the key. It was just like, it was, I, I just feel like when they were casting for all these movies, they did not put um, the type of person we want. Mm. 
they put on there because you know casting for certain stuff they'll be like oh you know white five foot five black chunky you know whatever I feel like they were like this character is going to do this do you want to do it like I felt like they can you be slimy and grimy but it's like, so, it's, you might be the Merovingian. You should try to audition for this. <laughs> and I think that I just felt like that's what they were doing. Because even when they, they opened the door and there was a, the key maker, I was just like, what? And I, so I was just like, this, this cute little old man. And I, was just, and I just thought that that was just, I, I don't know. I just, I appreciated them using all of the parts. I thought that it was really cool to watch Neo fight people who were skilled programs, who were programs that were up to his level mm-hmm. of fighting to really give him a fight. Because if you're now stopping computers and bending reality or whatever he's doing, because I'm not going to lie, podcast land for the majority of these movies, I was confused, but I understood the gist. And mm-hmm. so I was like, that's all I need. I need the gist. We're in it. The Matrix, he's winning or we're not. We're all, you know, someone's lying. Someone's or, are we? Are we? or are we? Or are we? Or are we? Something's happening. And so I was like, oh, so good. They have people that can actually fight him um, and do those different things. So, and there, and I just, and I like how the Mr. Agent Smith he could get into everybody, I, but it also made me mad because I was like, all right, they're getting away. Ugh, the truck driver is morphing. I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? I just, just I want them to be free. And so- Are you talking about the, the highway scene? Yes, the highway scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was so- That was a really but, good action scene. There was something that I did want to ask is because everybody knew their purpose. Mm-hmm after talking to the Oracle, right? They knew their purpose. And how and the programs all... knew inherently. Okay. And how, like, so I just think about that scene where the key maker, he died as soon as his purpose, he was like, I, I was supposed to help you get to this door. <sighs> this is what I was supposed to do and tell you ABC one, two, three. And then he died. And I was just like, Mm. man um you know what do you all think about just that part of us as just people having our purpose and knowing it and doing what we need to do to fulfill Mm. that purpose oh that's good or even listen how do you find that thing yeah okay because i've been i've been i've been googling oracle (laughs) okay all that comes up is that company I should look I up Oracle. I don't want to work for them. Yeah, are there any around oh, here? Oh, you want to go find a real life Oracle? Like, I need to find a real life Oracle. So I say, girl, what? And don't I mean, use riddles. Just say it. Tell me. <laughs> Listen, don't Well, I mean, a big part of what, of what she was me, doing was, let me record was so trying so to I can teach take people notes. how to fit. You know? <laughs> she yeah. was teaching them how to, because if you just give it to them, it's not going to be the same as them going through the journey. Yes. To, yeah. To, to, to get there. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Um, and sis, I didn't think about it till just the way you recapped the, the key maker, kind of saying, well, I'm dying now, but that's all right because my purpose has been fulfilled. Um, you know, after someone dies in your life, people are always trying to comfort you. And eight times out of 10, they do a horrible job, you know. And um, when um, there was a period where the... Um, a, a really dear friend of mine um, from 
from growing up passed away at the exact same time as the mother of another dear friend of mine. They were in a car accident. And this is one of those things where it's just like, <laughs> you can't process it. You, you really can't. You just, you just live with it, you know. But there was one person that said something that I appreciate and it sits with me to this day. And since you've named it, he was like, um, you know, some people say that souls come to earth um, with a purpose, a, a specific lesson that they're meant to learn. And after they learn that lesson, they are freed from this life because they get to come back and then with another focus and, and to learn something else again. And at the time, I found so much comfort in that because I was actually able to look at the life of that friend and that mother of my other friend. I could look at their lives and say, I actually had seen them take some really amazing steps in their personal journeys in just like the couple of years prior. It's not a complete comfort, you know? And again, I definitely was not experiencing the same level of loss as the immediate families of those people. I don't even want to act like I was, you know? But um, at the same time, it was like nice to kind of think of and just for a minute, like, well, they really got some shit done while they were here. And that's something to celebrate, you know? So sis, when you were just, talking about the key maker being okay with going, it reminded me of that exchange I had with my friend at that time. Yeah. And, I, and this, this concept of purpose, you know, when, um, when Neo, when Morpheus was confident that Neo was the one, and when Neo went to the Oracle for that first conversation that was supposed to be confirmation, the Oracle was supposed to say, yes, indeed, Neo, you is the one. The Oracle didn't do that. The Oracle said what Neo needed to hear yep. to Aubrey's Which point to be on the journey to understand for himself that he was the one and Man. to actually be able to make the choice to accept that mantle. And so, sis, mm. we're talking about like destiny and stuff like that. I mean, I know I can't even sit here and act like I'm one of those people that's like, oh, I know what my calling is. People say that I don't even, I can't even understand that. Because I can't, I don't have that into that. Sense. Right. What does that mean? But I do know that I am actively making choices all the time about where my energy is going to go, where my time will be spent. I am trying to live in the principles that are important to me. And yeah. so in that way, I do feel like I'm walking in the right path. You mm. know, yeah. I the things that I do feel strongly about, I try to live into those things. Yeah. Thank you for answering that. And I think it is a great segue into the last one, mm -hmm. the matrix of resurrection, because here we are in a time where the matrix has rebooted, which FYI, I didn't know that it had done that until you all made that distinction reading that. <laughs> I was like, oh, is that why the sky was purple at the end? That's what's up. That makes well, sense. That, that, oh, that okay, was just that's Sati, not what that it was. Just Sati, Sati made that. Yes, oh, okay. Made mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, all right. That's what and they up. said. They were. They said that's what they were doing. So. See, I got the gist. That wasn't part of it. Um, <laughs> but I will say, like now, seeing Neo older and him being back in 
the matrix as this person that's basically having dreams. And so it made me have this question, like, how often are we looking at the person that's like standing on the corner screaming, this is the end, like, you know, going like, well, they got a poor guy. Yeah. The lights are on, but no one's home. Like, you know, how, (laughs) how often are we doing that? But has this person, you know, unlocked something Mm. for themselves anyway or is knowing so much making you can make you insane like Mm. is 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 that um so and and that does not take away before y'all try to come for me clinical things that are happening I do know that um not talking about that I'm talking about like when you do start to really your the you know your eyes are open but anyway just him going back into it have there been places in you in your lives or times in your lives where you went back you reverted and you just and you had to have almost an awakening to go wait did I slip back into that Mm. that mindset that thinking that habit you know that whatever it might be Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I think everybody has experienced that. Definitely when, you know, you got to reboot yourself. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I know I'm in a reboot. Mm. And, you know, and I don't. And, I'm and in somebody's boot. Sometimes 2.0. it's not. <laughs> Listen, we on, we on at least 17.0, but we won't get into that. Actually, I wonder if I can find it easily. You know, oh it's not God. always bad to reboot and go back. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a, going back to a vicious vice that you thought you'd never go back to again. But one of my favorite Adinkra symbols is, is Sankofa. And what Sankofa is actually about, it's the symbol, it means like to retrieve, to go back and get it, you know? And so sometimes going back to reclaim what is yours is the best possible thing you can do. And so I, I I know I've experienced it both ways where I've gone back to get what should have been mine um, that I had let go of. Sometimes it's just a dream. And then I also certainly have, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll lean back into an old vice. I'm excellent at doing yeah. that. Top notch, top notch. So good, so good. So good. I remember my counselor saying that someone will return to something seven times before they're like, okay. Oh, I'm I'm yeah. done with this game. Yeah, I'm 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 officially done. Like if you're in the actual put push and pull tug, you know tug of war with it, um, I'm done with this thing. So, well, on the topic of being done with this thing, is the Matrix is the Matrix series finished? You Needs know, um, it should be. Let's Needs let's be. talk about that. Let's talk about where it landed. You know, at the end of the fourth movie, um. We have Io as a underground place where we're actually seeing machines, programs, humans, everybody's working together. And we have Trinity and um, Neo up in the matrix talking about, oh, we're about to redo this thing. We're gonna, we now feel like we have the ability to actually remake it. And that's where we left it. How did you all feel about that ending? Um, where, where things landed for, um, for movie four resurrections. Shout out to Telma Hopkins as one of the scientists making strawberries in IO. Yes. 
Listen. Well, well, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> the the Fourth Matrix was it was definitely one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and it. Uh, and Bro, I know the worst for the, for the first movie seen. to be he's ever seen in a theater. Yes, yeah, the fourth movie it. to be like, <laughs> I need that them two hours back. Yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. It was really bad, and um, just the uh, trying to be self aware and meta to the point of just absurdity. I don't even really know what happened in the movie. I don't, I don't know what the plot was, um, it, and it. And it punctuated the um, it punctuated how bad the movie was when they had plot lines that would have been a good movie. Like, because when you think about um, at the end of the movie and they're saying like, of course, we're going to abide by what we said, we're the machines, we're not human. And the, the agreement was peace. And to think of some machines breaking off of that and then having a, battle a civil war between humans fighting with sentient machines versus other machines that's a great movie you know but by itself so it's like introducing all these the concept of uh, sentient robots living alongside humans that's interesting so you in the midst of this horrible horrible movie you have all these ideas of good movies and then you know just why would you bring back Smith? You know, it's, it's just, and I think that um, people were divided on the second and third movies, but I think that these, I almost think that maybe Lana Wachowski wanted to kill this. It, it kind of feels like um, she just wanted, because there won't be any more sequels after this. Like nobody likes this movie. So, so, it, so the, to answer your question, no, there won't be any more matrix but it could have been it could have been it could have there's so many storylines that would have been so cool to see but it's it's i think i I think i enjoyed it um only because what i was telling aubrey and janiah was that my expectations for the matrix were in the trash can and so when your expectation is trash can uh you're like oh well this is pretty nice i i i like this and so but i will also say this when i think about the gap in time between each one of these movies i would say oh i could absolutely see and if you were a lover of how the first matrix went you're a cult follower of it and all these different things and how it went to then get to where it was in four, I can see where it was like, oh, okay, all right. Well, that's enough of that. Mm. Um, we don't need to do this again. We're done here. Mm. So I can um, definitely see where where people would be upset about that. But I mean, well, I, it's, it's I mean, the trailer excited me, and I, I think. Everybody was really excited to see what it was. You know, we didn't know what angle they were going to take. Um, and, you know, I was even, because th- like, even if you want to talk about Trinity and Neo's connection, how cool would it have been if they plugged them back in and they somehow 
reproduced in the matrix or something, you know, and now they have this child that's some type of hybrid. I mean, there's just so many things you could have did that could have could have kicked off a new, you know, trilogy. Even. Yeah. And um, they just, I mean, it was awful. And just looking at the um, degradation in the, in the fight, the quality of the fight scenes and how, you know, now Neo is just force pushing everything around. And, you know, it's just, he had been for 60 years. He was rusty. Okay. <laughs> he had been back in the well, fluid pod for then, then you years should just not in the anomalium. Well, then you Hello? just shouldn't do the movie. I mean, you, you and Man. here's, let me tell you this. Have you seen John Wick? I mean, it's not a Keanu Have you seen John Wick? We know that. Okay. He All right. Good. Okay. okay. But okay. the character right. had been in the no. anomalium. Okay. Well, Doogie Hauser did a great job, and I know that's not his name. Sorry, Doogie Hauser. What is his real name? Neil Patrick Harris. Thank you. He did a great job in this movie. And, but can I? Yeah, say, I didn't. I, I didn't had, like his character either. I miss. I what? Because 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 it, it was it was it was Neil Patrick Harris doing a, a phenomenal job with nothing. So it wasn't his fault. It wasn't, oh my. Wasn't, it wasn't. We had a very different experience in the fourth movie. I did what not. Is, I, the hope is so. I, so here's his where the. His cat is named Deja Vu. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Then you hating on the cat? It's not, it's the fact that, you know, it was supposed to be a callback because in the first movie, they said, he said, oh, I thought oh, I, deja vu. Deja vu means I just thought I saw that cat. The Matrix. Yeah. But bro, they yeah, had so- to do that because what they were doing, okay, is they were trying to plant things in the new reality that they had created for Neo that would, that he would be able to point to, to kind of say, just, that was my inspiration for the Matrix video game. They were they were essentially well. I'll tell you what I appreciated about the fourth movie was that I thought it was so creative for um, them to hide in plain sight the concept of the Matrix as a video game. I appreciated that because that's exactly what happens out here in this world. You know, there's so many things that they use to distract us, things that they will turn into you know propaganda fights that are actual real fights and real conversations we need to be having. And so I appreciated the, the, the underlying premise of that fourth movie, which was, listen, you know, um, just because it's very accessible for you doesn't mean it's that, it's that simple. So I appreciated that premise. And I thought it was interesting the way that they had, um, you know, Neo struggling, like, oh my gosh, I have these things that keep popping up in my mind. And, and the world is telling me that I've lost my grip on reality, even though for me, these things feel real. And there were all these constructs in place, including prescriptions to keep stifling what was his truth. Blue so I thought it had as, as many of the wonderful kind of parallels and analogies that the, the, that, that very first movie had. The other thing I will say, what, what was missing for me, what I expected to see in the fourth movie that I didn't see I didn't get to see the, uh, to get a bunch of meaning in the machine world. So 
with the first movie, they introduced the concept of the Matrix, you know? And then with the second movie, we got a chance to see Zion. And then with the third movie, we got introduced to, I felt like that was when we really started to get to know like programs, you know, and we were, um, or somewhere between the second and third movie, we got to know programs and to really understand um, like rogue programs. And then we got to have a transition place between the two, the two spaces. And I thought the fourth movie was going to be our chance to see the machine world. I thought it was going to be like, okay, we're going to now see the machine world. And all we ever, all we ever got to see of the machine world was like a vast wasteland with big imposing machines flying around, you know, and just like trying to get humans and, and sustain themselves. We never got to get to a meaning for the machine world. You know, like, what are they doing? Mm. Why, so, why are you, why do you need this energy? Why? <laughs> yeah, what are you Not doing? harvesting people, yo? What are you doing, yo? You know, because yeah. if you aren't, because like, if you think about humanity is doing things for feelings. We do things for pleasure. We do things for, we're chasing something. We're, we're looking for fulfillment. What are the machines doing? Because if they're programming themselves, what are they up to? I don't know. So that's what, to me, I just feel like none of the four movies gave us a sense of what the machines were doing other than trying to have power over humans. And I think, um, first of all, that would have been a cool movie too, uh, as well. Um, I, I think that the only way I was able to accept this movie at all was the fact that, you know how they kind of said that Warner Brothers was going to make it anyway? in the movie, you know, they were kind of being self-aware in that, in that space. And I think the way I've, I've accepted it in my mind is that Lana Wachowski is trying to kill the franchise. And so, and Did you hear her say that? No, I I think that that's in my just head. Mm -hmm. I think that's what she was trying to do so that it's over. Like you, you were like, I think she didn't want it to go the way of star Wars and, you know, like where people are just milking, you know, and and just Mm -hmm. not even being true to the spirit of the original franchise. And so I think she just wanted to make something that was so bad that like nobody would want to, well, anyway, but I'm trying to find a way. Dang to reconcile it but yeah i mean well they certainly didn't so the um the first three they were written and directed by the wachowskis the fourth one they had different writers and so they didn't write it you know the the one lana the one sister she directed it but they didn't write it so this was actually the first one bro that wasn't written by them so yeah, I don't I, and you know, I don't know. I don't know. But but like I said, I mean, wow. I, I I don't anticipate another Matrix movie. I'll be surprised because I haven't seen any positive reviews of. Mm, I didn't look at the, any at all. I looked at a thousand. I didn't, I didn't look at any of them, but from people I knew. They were telling me, oh, don't waste your time. Don't waste oh, your time. I'm going to ask I, I our cousin Marvin because 
our cousin, shout out to our little cousin, Marvin. He mm-hmm. is a Matrix fan. And bro, I talked to him about the Matrix before the <laughs> little cousin last Marvin. one just came he out. like 35. And so I can't wait to get his impression. Um, uh, if, he's a, if he is a Matrix fan, I will assure you he hates this movie. Wow. And I, and I can give you that without... Without, and you, I'm not going to talk to him, call him nothing. After you talk to him, okay. I'm already going to tell you. Okay, bro. I'm literally, it's it's un, it's not likely that, that Marvin's going to reply fast enough for us to get it into this recording. But I'm just going to text him right now, real time. And I'm going to say, Marvin, did you like the last Matrix movie? Cool. And let's see what he says. I'll be very curious. Fan. I mean, and I'll be curious. Of the, of the whole, Maybe you like it, like I think the video games and the 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 comic I, books. I wanted to find somebody who likes it, uh, and obviously, it, you both of you liking it. I, I'm. It's interesting for me to hear. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, bro. Like I yeah. said, I well, like listen, it was a missed a, opportunity. You were saying some things that I didn't think about. Where you're like, she's trying to kill it, and I'm like, oh no, that's well. Me. I mean, but when, I mean, it you, makes sense. But, but you, you don't see want how, anybody to how the movie it. was trying very hard to be meta like they were trying to be very self-aware and it was almost just in your face that yeah that oh don't do a reboot we don't need a you know we don't need a fourth one why would we do the fourth one and it's just like is this a national lampoon's comedy what are we doing this is supposed to be the matrix this is the Uh, matrix you don't joke around like like this what is this like, like, the, the, think about all the three of the movies where, you know, it's just, they have a deep, you know, green tint. Like, it's just like, it lets you know, movies all colorful and, uh, it's just, I mean. <laughs> they were in a coffee shop, <laughs> getting I mean, coffee. Just, yeah. Wow. Well, and one thing I did not like was that Morpheus's character was um, a disco dancer from 1970. I was like, what is this outfit doing in this year? What, oh, what is, I, I like the look of the new I don't understand what was 100% happening. I mean, now, his look. now, see, I wasn't talking about his face. Okay. Or his build. Okay, I wasn't getting into that. Mm-hmm. I was talking to because, sir, you're doing what you're doing and you did it correctly. <laughs> yes, you will. Um, you can dress up like a disco dancer. Okay, a disco ball if you like. Um, but I, but it was more so of like, why I, I, I'm assuming I understand why Lawrence Fishburne was not in this movie. He's probably like, listen, you all are not going to take my last. No, he was surprised. No, no, no. Lawrence Fishburne doesn't know why Lawrence Fishburne isn't in the Matrix. He was surprised. I saw something. I did watch it. I got a little, a quote of his and he essentially said he was surprised to learn that he was not going to be in it. I mean, they didn't like, they didn't ask him back or they they didn't didn't. ask him. Which is. Oh, well now. Almost disrespectful. I listen. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. That just defined. It wasn't even like they had a conversation where they said, we have this idea for Morpheus where he's young now. And so we have to do this and that. No. They just didn't even reach out to him. Don't. And even that, even that could have been, um, you know, I was thinking it could have even been interesting, you know, because like if, let's say that 
Niobe and Morpheus were together at this point. Would it, Why not? Would it, that would have been, been interesting to see Morpheus' old iteration interact on with the, the ca- on the Wise Council. He could have been yeah. leading the Wise Council, or, or, and at some point, him interacting with the new Morpheus in the, right. in the new the new iteration. You know, that would have been it. Could have been to pass the torch. I, I mean, it was just. The, and I'm I think happy I didn't know that that Morpheus that the original Morpheus was not going to be in this one. Because the whole time I just I was halfway through before I stopped expecting him to show up. I kept thinking Lawrence Fishburne was going to come in. You guys. Yeah, we we can vote. I'm done. You ready? <laughs> We're done here. Wow. That just pissed me off. We're done here. What? It's so disappointing. That part is disappointing. Well, we're done. Okay. Um, <laughs> the up the upside of the, the upside of voting for a whole <laughs> franchise is it makes our voting process simple. The downside yeah. is that it does not because it, it you know there's the, the, the each movie could have had its own unique experience for you as a viewer, but now we have to vote, y'all, um, to see vote? if the movie gets zero, one, two, or three. Red pills. It has to get three to be considered I've, a classic from the right I've perspective. I vote to amend this process. I think we need to vote no, each no, one no. separately. I don't no, want to vote I, them together no more. I would. I'm mad now. Look, 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 <laughs> you can you you can use yeah. your comments to clarify your larger thinking. <laughs> I do not want to vote this together. I think no. um, I'm still going to give the Matrix uh, series my red pill. And I will, the way I've reconciled it for myself is that since it's one of the worst movies of all time, it kind of, since The Matrix 4 is one of the worst movies of all time, it is kind of unique in that sense. You know, that it's (laughs) such a bad movie. It's almost, I'm almost glad that I experienced how horrible of like just so I could say I saw it, you know. So um, introducing all these little teeny bop characters. So so I can. Office. So I'll say that the man. But the first of all the the, the bar of the first Matrix for me it, it would have had to drop solo for it to not be a classic for me because it just started so high. So um, even though uh, and I hope. I truly, truly hope they just leave it alone. Like, but I, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure this movie made money because it's The Matrix, but I, I I just hope they don't try again. I just hope they leave it alone. Mm. And, um, but as it stands, yes, it gets, gets my, my vote, my red pill. Yeah. This, um, the, the Matrix franchise does get my red pill. And it is because I think in terms of innovation, they really set the bar. And I I appreciate that. I also really appreciate the intention around casting and creating a world that was plausibly not hung up on race and gender and age. And I also really appreciated when one story can be an analogy for 80 things 
that is a story that is about the human experience. When you can look at it and say, is this religion that they are examining? Is this education that they're examining? Is this race? Is this like, there's so many things you could layer on top of this concept of the matrix. That kind of analysis of humanity and how we are, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's beautifully done. And now just that term, the matrix, it's a part of everyday life. I mean, even if you haven't seen the matrix movies, you will make a reference to the matrix at some point in time because that concept of being manipulated, you know, surveilled, um, you know, programmed, we all understand it to be a truth in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So those are the reasons that it is going to get the red pill. The reason I have been on the fence though, I hadn't decided at the top of this podcast. The reason I had been on the fence was for the reasons I've named. They missed the opportunity to give us, if, if a machine is going to be self-aware, let it be up to something. It's like you can program yourself to do whatever you want now in the same way the humans get to decide what's important to them. What are you up to, machines? We now then had four <laughs> movies to kind of figure out what they're up to, and we don't know what they're doing except for trying to stay in power. I would have watched that. Yeah. Well, I will say... Oh, I'm sorry, sis, were you done? That's it, yeah. Listen, machines, what you, what you doing? What you up to? What you doing? Big gap. Uh, Big gap. So initially <laughs> and it still is it's gonna get my red pill but it's a bitter red pill okay half of this red pill is blue let me tell you something i was gung-ho you know because of all the things we discussed i love when movies are layered i love when i can get into discussion i love when i can walk away and go oh my god what am i doing with my life it has no purpose like i love when i can do that <laughs> okay but now now I'm concerned. While I didn't didn't think that I was confused, you know, most of all four of the movies, but that's okay uh, because I don't care. I still enjoyed what I understood. I'm mad because there was no asking of this. Like if I, I think I could, I wish I could have just gone on with life, never knowing that. Because now I'm like, okay, uh, uh, what are their names? Wharton sisters, what are they called? Wachowski. Thank you. Those people. Oh, you're on my list. You're on my list of uh-uh, whatever you come out with, I don't want to see it. Don't come out with nothing else because I'm not going to watch it because I don't understand. And then to bring him back, just make the character disappear then. Have a storyline that's like, yeah, man, Morpheus died. He ate one of them first strawberries and it didn't work out. Like, do something. It don't bring this character that looks like he is coming back from 1971 to be in whatever year they're in in this movie like I don't like that at all and that makes me mad about the fourth movie and it wasn't even that I just didn't enjoy it or anything I thought that it was you know I thought it was fine I thought it was on point with movies that are out right now in terms of like their level of some humor and then the action and mm-hmm. all those different things. But now when I see that there was something fishy going on in the background because Lawrence Fishburne wasn't in there, now I have a problem. I have a huge problem. 
Yeah. But, you know, it still gets my red pill because I think that for the first three movies, um, and even for the fourth one, that there's still larger discussions that can happen just around life and those different things. And I like when movies can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, y'all, there you have it. Uh, the Matrix franchise is a classic from the right perspective with an asterisk and some fine print <laughs> because we have also some reservations. Some notes. <laughs> we have some, some notes. notes. We have some notes. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> this has been The Right Perspective. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye bro and sis. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love, love y'all. y'all. <laughs>